Welcome to the Great Doctrines of the Bible, where we are covering crucial teachings from Scripture to help you grow your faith. No passage of Scripture is more important for our understanding of God than Exodus 33.18-34.9. Before you listen to the rest of this, go grab your Bible and read it for yourself, then come back to listen. Seriously. Make sure you do that. Alright? Okay, I'm going to assume you've read it. You're back, you've paused, and here we go. Moses gives us a first-hand account of God defining God. Do you have thoughts about God? That is good. You should. But the real question is, do your thoughts about God match God's thoughts about God? The only definition of God that matters is God's, and that is what we have in this passage. And the evidence from the Old Testament shows us this is true. Exodus 34, verses 6 and 7 specifically, are explicitly referred to or alluded to 30 times in the Old Testament. And here are just a few examples, Nehemiah 9, 17. But you are a God ready to forgive, gracious, gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and did not forsake them. Psalm 103, 8. The Lord is merciful and gracious slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Joel 2.13 Return to the Lord your God, for He is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and He relents over disaster. To know God and understand Him as He revealed Himself, we must come to grips with what Moses relates in this passage. For context, Moses was on Mount Sinai receiving the law from God directly. He came down from the mountain, and the people had made a false god, a golden calf, in Exodus 32. Moses responds in anger, and he throws down the original tablets of stone, and they break. And Moses went back up the mountain. God said he would not go with the people. And Moses intercedes for them because he knew the importance of God's presence for his people. God's presence is a sign of his favor toward his people and that they are his people. God grants Moses' request and tells him that he is favored. Those are astounding words. Moses, I favor you. I don't just know you, but I know you by name. If Moses were alive today, he might respond by taking a selfie for Instagram with the hashtags, hashtag blessed, hashtag highly favored. But as we keep reading, we see Moses was not content with that. He asked God to show him his glory. Please, Show me your glory. And think of what Moses experienced in his life. And he still asks God to see his glory. Moses saw the burning bush. 
God worked the ten plagues in Egypt through Moses. Through Moses, God parted the Red Sea. Moses went up on Mount Sinai to get the law of God directly from God. Moses had face-to-face communication with God. And after all that, Moses still wants to see God's glory. Moses was not making a demand of God, but a desperate plea. Please show me your glory. God grants his request. God will make his goodness pass before him and will proclaim his name, the Lord. Why did God say this if Moses asked to see his glory? One author writes, when Moses asked to see God's glory, God responds that he will show him his goodness and proclaim his name. This means that God's glory is seen in his goodness, and the proclamation of his name reveals Yahweh's goodness, which is his glory. To see God's glory is to see God. Therefore, we need to pay attention to God's words to Moses if we want to know God, if we want to see God. And what we see first is that God declares his name. God's name is the Lord. In most English translations, this word is in all caps. God's name stands for his entire being. It is his nature. It is who he is. So when God passed by Moses and said, The Lord, the Lord, he revealed himself as the God of creation and redemption, the God who made and saved his people. The Lord, which is Yahweh in Hebrew, is God's personal name and not a title. There is another word for Lord, Adonai, that serves as a title for God, but not his name. What does it mean that God's personal name is the Lord? Well, first, it tells us that God exists. He is. The word Lord is closely related to the Hebrew word to be which we find in Exodus 3.14 when God says, I am that I am. Our God lives. He is, always has been, and always will be. He alone is pure being, never changing, and always existing. Second, God's name reveals that he is a person. God is a person. He relates to his creatures. He is true personhood, and we live and move and have our being in him. After God declares his name, he defines himself. And what does God want us to know about himself? God reveals six truths to us in this passage. First, that he is merciful. He is perfect in mercy. His mercy has been on display throughout Exodus. He is the one who remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and heard the cry of his people in Egypt. He sent Moses to deliver the people from Egypt. He judged the Egyptians, and their judgment was God's means of saving them. He parted the Red Sea. Remember, the people were complaining that God brought them out of Egypt to kill them, and he saves them. They did not deserve mercy, but God gave it to them. 
God's mercy describes him as having deep compassion for creatures, people, such that he demonstrates benevolent goodness to those in a pitiable and miserable condition, even though they do not deserve it. We see that God is gracious. God's grace describes God as perfectly bestowing favor on those who cannot merit it because they have forsaken it and are under the sentence of divine condemnation. You and I rightly deserve to be shunned by God forever. We deserve wrath and judgment, but God is gracious in Christ. And in Christ, we can be made right with Him. Because God is gracious, we can fulfill the purpose we were created for, to glorify Him and enjoy Him forever. The Lord is slow to anger. The Apostle Peter wrote, The Lord is not slow to fulfill His promise as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. The Apostle Paul wrote, In his divine forbearance, he has passed over former sins. God is patient. Have you experienced God's patience in your life? As you've been listening to this, God has been patient with you. When you commit that same sin again, God did not turn away from you. He sticks with you. He is patient with you. God did not lose his cool with you when you sinned. He is patient. The Lord is abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. God's perfect love is his determination to give of himself to himself and to others and his affection for himself and his people. Abounding. God is not stingy with his steadfast love and faithfulness. If you are in Christ, God is abounding in steadfast love for you. God will always be faithful to you. If God the Father could stop loving Jesus, then he could stop loving you. Christ is the apple of God's eye, and in him you are the apple of God's eye. God will never stop and can never stop loving Christ. Therefore, he can never stop loving you with abounding, steadfast love. And God's steadfast love and faithfulness are so abundant that Moses tells us they extend to thousands of generations. But we still have two more truths about God to learn. First, the Lord is forgiving. God shows his steadfast love to us by forgiving us. God is the one who has been wronged, but in Christ he forgives us. 1 John 1.9 tells us that God is faithful and just to forgive us when we confess our sins to them, to him. How can God do that? Because he is a forgiving God. And last, the Lord is just. God is loving and God is forgiving, but he is also just. The guilty will not go unpunished. If we remain unrepentant, if we continue in sin and stay in the old man, we will receive the just judgment of God. God cannot be just if he does not deal with the violation of his law. In Christ, God can be both just 
and the justifier for all who have faith in Christ. If we want to know God and see his glory, his character, his person must be revealed to us. Moses asked God to see his glory, but Moses heard more than he saw. He saw the back of God, but he heard a beautiful, glorious declaration of God's character. This is our God. May we remember that if we wish to see God's glory, we must let God define God.